Welcome to EPMI Cast. I'm Alex Cadet, your host. Today we are joined by Mike Casey, Product Director at Oracle. He focuses on Oracle Cloud EPM integrations, and we're also joined by Mini Parikh and Chen Lin from the EPMI team. We'll discuss the importance of integrations across the Oracle Cloud platform. We'll talk about features like pipeline, integration agent, and EPM Automate. Please subscribe and rate EPMI Cast on your favorite streaming platforms, and I'll have the cast start things off. So I asked Mike to come on the show a couple months ago, and I was able to finally see him in person at K-Scope uh, in Colorado this year. Um, so we took, we all went to a game and I remember sitting at a table with Mike and Chen and they had a fantastic conversation around integrations. So I wanted to bring that conversation to the show today. Um, and I'd like to introduce Mike Casey from Oracle coming onto the show. Thanks Mike for coming on. Could you tell a little bit more about your background and what you do at Oracle? Sure. Um, thanks. I'm at Oracle now for 25 years in October, so it's been a, a long time. I focus mostly now on EPM and the integration tool set that we provide in our cloud EPM uh, set of business processes. We also have Chen and Minnie on the call. Um, so Chen, could you introduce yourself quickly? Yeah, I'm Chen Lin. I'm the VP of technology at EPMI. I've been working in the um, Oracle EPM space for over 10 years now, um, going from both on-premise to, to EPM cloud since since cloud came out pretty much. Um, I also wear a hat as as kind of like the designated integrations guy at EPMI. So um pretty excited and well-versed to to work with all the the various technologies that you know Mike's team has, has put out there. Um, and excited about the future of integrations uh, as it relates to EPM. Great. Hi, everyone. I'm Minnie Preek. I run all of operations at EPMI. I started working with Oracle um, Hyperion products back in 2008 and then the cloud in 2014. And as someone who's touched basically every kind of product implementation from close, reporting, planning to account reconciliations, I know how critical integrations are to your EPM implementation. So um, with that, we'll launch into what integrations really means. So what does that mean to you, Mike, for those of us that are, for those of the, the listeners that are not so familiar, how do you define integrations as we use it um, when it comes to Oracle EPM? Well, think of it as really the data that you need to basically drive all of your EPM business processes, whether it's data that you need for consolidation, whether it's data that comes out of consolidation, maybe for planning, transactions for account rec, you know, anything that you need to do in EPM requires data. And to do that, you need to get that from somewhere, whether it's a file, whether it's some source system. So really the heart of EPM is really getting that data into the system. And that's when you begin working on that data to, you know, enhance it and improve it for use by your end business users. So that's really where I see integration. Moving on to what Oracle EPM provides from pre-built integrations or adapters. So maybe for net new customers who aren't very familiar with an existing EPM footprint, um, how would you describe some of the pre-built capabilities that come out of the product and uh, the benefits of leveraging those? Yeah, so there's different ways that you can get data into EPM. 
So in each of the different products, whether it's planning or consolidation or account recs, there's always a native format that you can load data. So you can um, take your data, put it in a specific format in a file, and you can load that file. That's kind of the base case. If you really want to begin to move beyond the base case and have more advanced integrations, we have adapters to get data directly out of the Oracle Fusion GL. We can get data out of NetSuite. We can get data directly out of things like on-premises EBS, PeopleSoft, JD Edwards. Uh, we also have ways to get data out of a data warehouse, out of other third-party clouds like Azure. Uh, maybe it's a Snowflake database. So we've got ways where you can get data directly out of these other systems and into your EPM applications pretty easily, whether it's one of these predefined adapters or the tools that we have that allow you to build these custom integrations to get data into EPM. Great. So now I'm going to pick on Chen a little bit. So Chen, in your implementation experience, you've worked with a variety of customers with a lot of those source systems that Mike was just mentioning and a combination of those. Um, in your experience, what kind of customer or what kind of use case have you seen be a good fit for some of these adapters and pre-built integrations that can really accelerate the timeline um, and the value that a customer gets from that process? Yeah, so I think data is kind of like the lifeblood of any application. I mean, you can build a, a framework or use the modules um, for any of the EPM cloud pieces to, to make it as nice as you want it to make it. But if the data isn't timely and relevant to the customer, then ultimately they're they're going to like, you know, lose faith in the tool or, you know, if they have to wait an hour or a day for something to come in, then then if it's not as real time as, as enough as they, they would expect it to be, then then they don't really necessarily trust it. They may just go directly to the source system and get it there. Um, so we've used uh, uh, various uh, methods to to you know get the data in. Um, we always start with kind of uh, a flat file if that's something that's the it's it's something basic and easy for the customer to understand to just establish kind of you know what's the format of the integration and how that's going to go in but um, often customers these days are asking for more real-time connectivity so that's where we use tools like integration agent to connect to an on-premise uh, database or even uh, you know cloud data warehouse things like that and we've also now been using some of the rest api functionality that's available there as well to establish um, you know direct connectivity to third-party cloud um, other sources like that, because, you know, customers want um, more sophisticated and more real-time data. And, and that's really driving a lot of this. Can I interrupt here? So when you use the REST API, are you using a third, calling a third-party REST API to get the data? Is that what you're doing? Or have you done much of that? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the specific source, right? Um, so some customers will have um, like a platform already uh, where we can, where they have REST APIs for that specific platform. Um, others are, you know, they, they can put something up available to us, um, like in an FTP site or something like that. And we're just using REST API to pull it down. Um, so it depends on the case. And what REST client do you use? Do you use Groovy-based uh, business rules or do you have your own REST client that you use to pull that data down and push it into EPM? So it depends on the customer. I've had some customers being okay with something as simple as Postman. Others ask for things like Dell Boomi and some other um, tools out there in the marketplace. Um, but what I find really nice uh, from an EPM developer's perspective and just you know keeping everything within EPM is is really using those groovy business rules and and embedding the rest commands in there just to make it a little bit more self-service um you know once we make it into a groovy business role then it's something that 
um, the, the business administrator can actually go in and schedule. Um, so it makes it pretty nice. Oh, that's great. And one more question on your Groovy-based business role. Do you typically process the payload or do you get a file that you download with that Groovy role? How do you, how do you process the data once you get it from those APIs? So, yeah, I mean, with all of these, it just kind of depends on what we're doing, right? So, I mean, we can okay. we can take a payload and then just take that in as a file, or we can do something more complex if they allow us to, right? If they give us uh, like parameters we can pass in to like you know format the data or filter it, then then we'll use those because that that often makes it more streamlined. Okay, that's great. I, I think it's it's good to say that you know the power of the system is with the groovy based business rule you can really get data from any anywhere any third party cloud anywhere so it's really powerful part of this whole integration you know framework that we have absolutely so with a lot of that terminology that was thrown out there i think what a key takeaway is that customers have a lot of options which is how you started like getting data into the system and then chen you alluded to the fact that it really depends on what the business requirements are what the technical requirements are. I know that when the integration agent was launched, we were really excited about being able to access on-premise EBS, for example, systems to bring data into EPM cloud. How would you guys um, look at the integration agent um, and then also some of the latest features like pipelines, right? How do you basically describe the integration agent? What is pipelines? And then um, what would you use EPM Automate versus the REST API? So maybe we compartmentalize this question into the first two parts, right? How do you describe the features of what the integration agent can accomplish versus pipelines for someone who doesn't know much about either one? The agent was, is really our tool that allows you to connect the cloud to any on-premises system or another third-party cloud. And the idea was that as customers move from on-prem, a lot of the on-premises customers used FDMEE as their integration tool. So that was a fat client. You had to install it. You had to maintain it. There was a lot of work that you had to do with FDMEE. So to really get our users to have less um, applications installed on-premises, the agent provides the connectivity directly from the cloud to any of those on-premises sources. So as customers were migrating everything to the cloud, you could eliminate FDMEE and really replace it with the agent. You know, and the agent comes with adapters for EBS, for PeopleSoft. Um, there's an Oracle by example, a tool set for JD Edwards. So it gives you that connectivity from the cloud directly almost to anything that you can, you can find. So um, it gives you really easy connectivity between the cloud and on-premises and third parties. The agent functionality is, is, is really strong and we found that that's been been very useful in a number of customers, right? Where we've had to kind of bridge the gap between on-premise and cloud, and you know they they don't necessarily have an FDMEE. Um, as for some of those other tools you mentioned, like EPM Automate, I feel like that's always a good starting point for a customer to do their own automations, uh, since it's a lot easier to use than than writing your all of your your REST command uh, scripts from scratch or or having that already ready, um, you know, in the cloud. So EPM Automate is always nice to have to do do things, you know, beyond integrations like backups and things like that. Um, but then I'm also excited about Pipeline, which is which is brand new functionality that Mike's team just put out. Um, I'm excited for what you can do with it. Basically, I could see myself writing, um, you know, one kind of kind of schedule in Pipeline to do all the customers' um, monthly integrations in one go. I mean, that's just as an example. Um, what are the other things that you kind of envision customers doing with Pipeline, Mike? Yeah, so 
um, pipeline, we, we first released it with uh, a number of job types, and we're continuing to add additional job types in future releases. Uh, one of the job types we're adding is going to be a generic job type. So any job that you can launch through the EPM platform jobs UI, you'll be able to set up and run through the pipeline. So it's not just things we do in integration, it's any of those jobs that you have, you'll be able to run through the pipeline. So um, I can see pipeline being used to do pretty much everything that you can do with an EPM. Um, plus we're also starting to work with the EDM team. So I know there's a lot of cases where customers have data in EPM, you need to bring your metadata. And so we're looking at also bringing in uh, those job types and those APIs into the pipeline. So, I mean, the real idea is to bring everything that you need to do with EPM into the pipeline so that you can manage it from one place. Um, one of the greatest features of the pipeline is that you can run jobs and business rules um, across different instances. So if you've got an account rec instance, if you've got a planning consolidation, you can do all those functions. You can kick all those jobs off and those business rules from one place and you can manage it and maintain it all in one place, which is really pretty nice. Yeah. So could could we you see if yeah could you see a future where um, an administrator really just sets up their their pipelines and then they just have it scheduled every month and then instead of manually going through and doing all this maintenance and loading they just have the pipeline do it and then they, they check the work. Yeah, pretty much too because in pipelines you can also set substitution variables. So if you can set like current month, next month, you know, last year, next year, you can easily set that up, make one change in your system, and the pipeline is scheduled to run at a certain time. And you basically just, you know, set it and forget it and off you go. Um, a new feature that's coming out uh, next month uh, is going to be ability to schedule the pipelines through the jobs you have. So that's going to be really neat. Um, it's a much better schedule than we have in data integration or data management. So um, that's a great place to, you know, set those up and run those from one place. We're starting to also incorporate some more of the features that are out in the Oracle Cloud infrastructure, specifically a feature where we can uh, pull in files from the object store and also push files up to the object store. I've seen questions from a few um, partners and customers that um, can't use the agent because of security concerns, but they are able to use um, the object store where they can um, push a file out to the object store and they can easily, you know, it's encrypted. So they basically push the file to the object store. It's encrypted and it's easy to, you know, get the file out there and for us to pull it in using the pipeline into your uh, process flow. So definitely give the customer more options, uh, more secure options to get what they need to, to get done in terms of loading data and, and other information. Yeah, I really like uh, the object store feature. Um, I've used that just to, you know, post files out there and then just pull them in directly. It's really pretty neat. That's great. I know one of the things we hear um, from customers is they like to be able to get notifications on the status of the job. I know there's uh, email notifications and things. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, especially if the business is managing it, um, what kind of insight they have to the status of, a, you know, a job with pipeline and the existing features? You know, we really like that email feature because now I can close the enhancement that's been open for probably 10 years. So as part of the pipeline, being able to uh, email somebody the status of all the steps in the job and the and the logs from each one of those makes it a you know a great feature for someone who's managing it. Maybe they're not at their at their desk or they're not working, but the pipeline may run look at an email with the um, the status of the uh, the pipeline uh, and all the jobs within it. So that is also one of the best features that's uh, included in the pipeline. So we're happy about that too. 
Yeah, I'm so excited about that as a developer. I mean, we we would use that EPM automate send mail command all the time. And then we'd have to, you know, figure out what files to attach and then how to read the status of, of various jobs and things like that. So hearing that that's going to be kind of baked in, that that makes it easier for everyone for sure. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a big pain with the email because in EPM automate, you could kick off the job, but you couldn't get the job ID. That's a kick off arrest, get the job ID to go pull the system. And that was a big pain for everybody. So being able to include email notifications and pipeline is a great feature for that. Absolutely. Um, so when it comes to pipeline and upcoming features, I know you mentioned, um, you know, that's really exciting working with not only the data, but also the metadata and then integrating more with OCI. On the metadata front, you know, what kind of um, collaboration with the EDM side of the house do you see? Well, I am meeting with them shortly to talk about pipeline and explain it to them. And uh, one of the things that we're going to look at is uh, understand their APIs and how we can include their APIs as job types within pipeline um, to make that more streamlined as part of your whole process. Um, you know, EDM is a great tool to use to uh, maintain your metadata across EPM plus non-EPM systems. So pull that data into, you know, this whole workflow process that you have managed through pipeline will be a good feature to help, you know, really facilitate that a little better. Absolutely. Um, now I really see. Oh, I really see pipeline as a way to bring together all these things we do within EPM. So, you know, whether it's EDM or you know everything across all the different business processes, it it really becomes the nexus for everything that you do within EPM. I'm glad you mentioned that. I know there are still some customers, legacy customers, maybe leveraging, you alluded to FDMEE, FDM, and how about ODI? So if somebody's trying to understand from an on-prem framework of how these tools translate, where does um, that transition come in? Is is that kind of what pipeline does in terms of the process flow, or can you help describe what that means for someone who knows about ODI or uses it? So ODI, for on-prem, ODI was kind of a big part of this whole FDMEE process where you could set up, you know, these interface tables, you could set up a lot of different integrations through ODI. In the cloud, we really don't need ODI for much more than just scheduling everything within the jobs UI within data management. A lot of that has been moved out into other features um, because we don't have access to the tables and the database directly in the cloud. So the reliance on ODI is becoming less for us. Um, we're actually looking at how do we transition out of using ODI within the tool so we're not dependent on that as technology going forward. So um, as we move forward, a lot of the features or things that you've done in ODI, we are trying to expose to the customer, but not through ODI. So uh, reliance on ODI going into the cloud will become less and less. Um, it certainly is something that a lot of customers still do use on-prem uh, in terms of a lot of source interfaces. So what we've seen is some of those customers that have legacy ODI on-prem, they maintain their source interfaces, but then they change their target interfaces to call the REST APIs to kick off jobs in the cloud. So if they're using a ODI, it's still a viable product that you can use for integrations if you're using it to connect to on-prem sources. It's just a matter of changing your target interfaces so you can easily still just push things to the cloud. Um, it's still useful. It's still it's still viable, but it's easy to you know switch around what you do with ODI to still maintain that connectivity to those you know pre-built source interfaces to the cloud. 
So it seems like there's real not a loss of functionality there. It's basically just using the cloud tools to accomplish the same thing that you already were and having everything in the cloud rather than one foot on-prem with ODI and, and then using everything else in the cloud, right? You know, that's really what we've tried to do is we've tried to um, do provide a feature in the cloud that provided the same functionality as what you had with on-premises. So I think we've provided almost everything for that. Um, some things where we had uh, like um, import scripts, uh, we have expressions now. Um, we didn't have um, uh, event scripts, but within the agent, you now have event scripting. And as we move forward, we're also looking at putting more functions into Groovy so that we've got some sort of APIs into a lot of those uh, features and um, system components within data integration that you'll be able to call from Groovy. So the idea for us is, as you move to the cloud, we've tried to look at all those things that we've done on premises for integrations and replace them with a feature in the cloud. It's, pr it's probably not going to be the same way you did it on prem, but at the end of the day, it's a similar feature or functionality that we provide in the cloud. But it's not something that is, you know, you've got a code as a script or, you know, something else that you've done on prem. We've really tried to make sure that you can perform that feature in the cloud, but you don't need anything like we had on prem for that. I was just going to say, I, I find that the when when the cloud equivalent or, you know, the, the, the parity item comes through, it's actually kind of easier to use from a, a, a layperson or a new person's perspective than whatever was was on premise before. So I found that nice. Um, so, like, I'm excited to get in the pipeline because it's it's a lot easier to understand than than FDME batches was, for example, um, and things like that. But um, the the cool thing about cloud is is how fast you guys are able to iterate on things like i remember um we didn't really have post load business rules with you know runtime props and things like that but then that came in and that was so powerful um just as an example but i mean you can kind of see the the, the rapid updates coming in to to drastically improve what we can do in the cloud um and i don't even think about going back to on-prem these days yeah, I mean, it's crazy that we can provide a release every month. The only release that we don't provide features is January okay. you know, because everyone's on holiday. But besides that, we really do provide a lot of features very quickly in the cloud, which has made it, I think, pretty easy for customers where you don't have to install the patches, you don't have to do anything, it just shows up, which has been pretty nice. Speaking of the, the customer's perspective, so Chen, what have you noticed in terms of um, the roles of how to, you know, going forward post go live, maintaining um, some of these integrations? It may be split 50-50, but I know in the past, in the on-prem world, there was a huge reliance on IT versus, uh, you know, power users or administrators and finance and accounting to, to even check the status of a data load, as you were mentioning before, or maintain some of these integrations. How do you see that kind of split today in the cloud with the ease of use and the user interface that's been updated? Um, what shifts have you noticed from when you first started with integrations? So I think it depends on what type of integrations you're doing. So if you're doing something with with um, you know integration agent or something using one of the you know cloud adapters that's more direct, then it's really really pretty much self service for. Uh, the the business person. So once it's set up, um, they can run it on demand. They can schedule it. Um, they can check the status easily. Um, if you're still using kind of a file based integration, then there is that kind of chain of custody problem where you have to make sure that the file that you're grabbing is contains fresh data that it, it contains um, you know data for this month and not last month and, and various other things. Um, so 
I, I think it depends on the maturity of the customer and the, the types of integrations that you have deployed out there. Uh, but definitely with um, the cloud and now, especially with some of these features coming out with pipeline and email notifications and things like that, it's going to become a lot more self-service um, for whoever's owning EPM as opposed to before where you really had to rely on IT for, for much of everything. Yeah, that's pretty consistent with um, what we've noticed as well. And of course, you know, you'll need the business involvement if, you know, there's a question in the ERP and what type of data that you're getting or if there's a change in the business requirements. But in terms of go forward, I've noticed the same thing as well. So um, I think in order to just kind of round this out, Mike, you know, I'll end with uh, somewhat of a personal direct question. So you've been doing this for 25 years, and I got to ask you, this is a, a hot topic for new customers and existing. What keeps you going? What keeps you excited about integrations that makes you want to get up and do this every day? Well, the thing about Oracle is that we're always doing something new. So we never stop. We never sit back and just kick our feet up, but we'd like to. Um, but we're always doing something new in regards to um, the technology, specifically, you know, we've moved into OCI, that's very exciting, um, and how we fit EPM and Oracle technology into the broader set of Oracle tools. So there's always something new that we can use within EPM that helps our customers and helps our um, products to be much better. So um, that's really, that's really, you know, a big part of it, which is we're always doing something that, you know, we haven't done before, somebody hasn't done. So, um, you know, our goal is to continue to be the leaders in technology. I think we've really embraced that with EPM also using all the Oracle tools within our products. Great. Thank you. And Chen, you're not off the hook either. I know you're always in your spare time looking for what, you know, new feature you can play with or deploy to make a customer's life easier. What keeps you going and, and kind of continuing to explore that? Yeah, for me, it's kind of like riding the wave of, of innovation and and seeing, you know, what new capabilities we have on on this latest project that we didn't have a year ago, even two years ago. Um, so one example of that was, uh, I think it was, I can't recall if it was last year or the year before, but we were uh, implementing with this customer on Semi, which is a semiconductor company. Um, and we were able to use a lot of like pretty new advanced functionality in terms of some of the things that we, we talked about on this, this podcast, like groovy business rules, like in, uh, embedding REST commands or EPM automate commands into those business rules to kind of make it a lot more self-service. And also we were able to use it to do really cool things. Um, like um, we were able to, to integrate EPCM and planning together um, using uh, data management, uh, data synchronization rules and having that kind of be near real time and the customer just clicks the rule runs it, it does all their allocations in EPCM, kicks it back to planning and, and does all that in, in one nice little flow. Um, that type of stuff, that type of, of like um, improving the experience for um, the admin, for the end user, that, that's, that's kind of like what, what makes me happy um, going from project to project. I, I hope to see um, innovation. I hope to see, you know, things that improve performance and experience just to, to, to make people's lives easier so they can get the most out of EPM. Awesome. Well, thank you both. We wouldn't have successful engagements without, you know, the support of Oracle product and fantastic uh, implementers and team members like Chen. So thank you both for being on the podcast.